Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Elite Heat. This week, another pretty big show where we're churning out these big-time weekly shows. This week's no different. Where Roman Reigns ranks all-time. That's a really good discussion, really good breakdown. Uh, some of you have very strong opinions on that very topic, so I can't wait for you guys to listen to what we have to say, get your own opinions, all that good stuff. But Kevin, first things first, there's one topic I think we need to discuss now that I feel is quite relevant. Uh, Sami Zayn. Now, as you know, Kevin, everyone listening knows, the Elimination Chamber was about a week ago now, or a week and a bit as of when you're listening to this. Sami Zayn lost. All right. You, Kevin, were openly quite critical of the ending. Um, in the review, I was very emotive and reactionary to that. I disagreed strongly. Uh, but now we're a week removed. Um, I'm more so leaning back to where you you were thinking. So, Kevin, talk to us. Should Sami Zayn have either won the title? Should they have done something differently? What do you think? Uh, absolutely not. Sami Zayn should not have won the WWE title. And why? I, I will tell you why. But why would you end Roman Reigns' over 900-day title reign a month out before WrestleMania? Like, that's really what it comes down to. That doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't make a lot of sense to hopefully most of you listening. Say, yeah, Sammy, he could have won and then gave the belt back to Roman, like, on the, on the following SmackDown. They could have done a quick match. Roman squashes him and so on and so forth. And then what? What does that really accomplish for anyone involved? I will say, now, my overall stance on this is that I agree Roman retaining was the right call, but purely for, I guess, everything encompasses the spectacle of wrestling. Sami Zayn wins in Montreal and has that moment. It's something that's talked about for 10, 15, 20 years. It could have easily been... Kevin Owens running down, throwing on a ref shirt, counting a, like a, a bogus fall, and Sammy wins the title, but it's, it's, he really didn't win technically. could have been something like that, and they could have gone that route, and then Roman Reigns, a week later, literally just annihilates Sami Zayn on SmackDown brutally in like five minutes, and he's officially the champion again, and his, his reign still continues. They could have done some kind of jump-through-hoops booking like that. That would have worked, but yeah. Kevin, I agree. Roman's run is now... I mean, where's that? 920 days-ish, somewhere around there. It's a tick over 900. Having it just, just end all up to Samuel Zane in Montreal, it wouldn't have been the right overall call, but I understand for the, the sheer moment and memorability, it would have been incredible if that happened. And for those that would make the argument that, yes, Sami Zayn should have won, now, let's say they do this where Sami Zayn does win and he goes into WrestleMania as the champion. Is that really a WrestleMania main event that you want to see? And by that, I mean Sami Zayn versus Cody Rhodes? Oh, hell no. No, no. No, Kevin. I, that's, that's not it. Right. That's not it, pal. That's just... Obviously, Roman is the guy in the company today and we're going to discuss all things Roman Reigns. And his all-time placing in a moment, but he has to be the main event. Uh, so I don't think there's was ever an option where he was not in the main event. But the Sami Zayn thing, Kevin, to me, it screams a lot. This whole main event picture, 2013, 
it screams Reigns versus Cody is the, the Cena versus Rock. It's just the match that's going to happen. That's always going to be the main event. But Sami Zayn is what CM Punk was in 2013. He's a guy who has a lot of fanfare, a lot of interest in his storyline with the champion in January, February. Everyone's interested. And now we're at the end of February, going into March. And it's like, oh, okay, well, he's not going to be in the title match. Move on. We've got Reigns and Cody. Or in that case, we've got Cena Rock. That's just sort of where it's at. So, yeah, it, it is what it is. And, Kevin, one more question, I guess, for you, just before we get into our big show to come. Where are you at right now with Reigns and Cody Rose? Where, where, like, how's your hype level for the WrestleMania main event as we speak? I would say it's about a seven. I do want to see it. I am intrigued in seeing it. But I'm not going to lie, after what happened at Elimination Chamber, like that felt like the WrestleMania main event. Reigns versus Cody is not going to have that kind of environment in terms of a crowd. It's not going to have that kind of false finishes. It might, actually. We don't know. It might, but I don't think it will. I think Reigns versus Sammy, that was a match that I, a lot of people would expect to be a, the maybe the biggest wrestling match of the year, of 2023, just in terms of investment and drama and motion. And I think Reigns versus Cody has a lot to live up to in terms of that of that match that took place in the Mason Chamber. I couldn't agree more. I'll go a bit further. Uh, my excitement level for Reigns and Cody right now is about a four. WWE need to do a good job in the next month to make me get that excitement up towards, you know, seven, eight, that sort of thing. Uh, I've come to the acceptance that WWE, near enough no matter what they do, cannot get my excitement to the literally the 10 or 11 out of 10 level it was for Reigns and Sami Zayn in Montreal. That was the most excited I've been for a wrestling match in over five years. That match in Montreal, the, the story, the Sami Zayn segment on SmackDown, all the segments in the lead up, the epic, like I saw like the fan-made monster video package for Sami Zayn. That was sensational. Just the, the, the Montreal crowd, everything about that, as you said, that felt like the WrestleMania main event. That felt like the biggest wrestling match of the year. And obviously Roman wins, Sammy takes the L, there's the Uso stuff in the ending. And now we're sitting here and we're a week removed. And yep, Cody. And that's, once again, Cody, it could be way worse. In years past, Kevin, we've just seen Vince McMahon literally bury everyone on the roster and tell us, Reigns and Brock, like it. So it's nowhere near as, you know, nowhere near like that. It's Cody Rhodes is really good at what he's doing right now. He's at least interesting. But as far as a WrestleMania main event, how invested I am, right now I'm around a four. I need WWE to have a really good Roman Reigns and Cody face-off. I need a heated promo-off between the two, maybe a brawl. Cody Rhodes invading SmackDown. Roman Reigns mercilessly assaulting Cody. I need, we need that sort of stuff to happen. Because Roman Reigns, Kevin, has appeared once on television since the Royal Rumble. He was there, the SmackDown after the Royal Rumble, and he's been nowhere to be found since. And Kevin, I thought on SmackDown, Reigns was needed badly last night as we're recording this. SmackDown was very dry without Roman for the third straight week. So, yeah, WWE, make me invested, please. Yeah. And back to Sammy, with him winning the WWE title or the undisputed, what is the undisputed WWE Universal title? 
Let, let's say again, Sammy wins, right? How, how does that make Roman look? Like R Roman, he beat everybody. Roman beat Cena. He beat Edge. He beat Daniel Bryan. He beat so on and so forth throughout this reign. And then he can't beat Sami Zayn? But with the help of the Usos? And, like, that wouldn't have been a good look, don't you think? I agree. I agree. But one point I will make, just with that, you can look at 2014 with Daniel Bryan. Like, like how did that make Evolution look? The fact that this five foot six guy with an injured shoulder casually just beat Randy Orton, Batista, Triple H, uh, a biased crook referee, Scott Armstrong, Stephanie McMahon interference. He just beat all that casually and won the title. So we, ha we have seen it before. It's not, not, it wouldn't have been unheard of, but I do understand in this case, Roman Reigns is a far stronger champion than Randy Orton ever was back then. Roman Reigns has yeah. been booked as the most dominant champion of the last two, three decades, maybe more. Some say he's the most dominant champion since Hogan in the 80s or Bruno in the, the 60s and 70s. Like, I get it. I get it. Having Sami Zayn, basically, basically just Daniel Bryan from 2014. Same aesthetic look. Scruffy, an indie guy. Having that guy be the one to dethrone the greatest champion in the modern era. I, it wouldn't have been a good kind of look overall. But once again, the moment would have been sick in Montreal. But I 100% get what you're saying. Having Reigns beat Cena and a laundry list of Hall of Famers or future Hall of Famers just as Samuel Zane to be the one to beat him. It's like, eh. <laughs> and I think WWE, they shouldn't fall victim to giving the, the crowd, the live crowd, a big moment just for the sake of yeah. doing it. Like, everybody wanted McIntyre to win the belt at Clash of... Champ uh, was it? Clash of the Castle. Yep. Imagine what the, how that would have been. Like, Drew McIntyre has been... Has he been... Is mid-card putting it right for McIntyre? Since like mid twenty twenty one, he's so he's like a lower card guy now. McIntyre winning the belt would have been really bad. It just to do it, just to have it for the moment, just to have that one time pop for the live crowd. Mm. No, nobody's gonna care. Come three, four, five, six months, that that the crowd had got this big moment. That the crowd was happy. The crowd was cheering to see Drew McIntyre seeing Sami Zayn win. Six months removed, it's gonna be like okay, cool. Like what? What is this? What is this guy as a champion? Is he worthy of being champion? And I, I don't think Sami Zayn was worthy of being champion, and would be worthy of being champion. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. I think just one more thing with Sami. Everything, all the circumstances built up so well. It was the crowd. It was the storyline. It was the segments they were doing in the build. It was this bloodline stuff. It all reached such a perfect conclusion. But the ultimate reality of it is that just like Roman Reigns is too good for this. He's too good to just lose the title to Sami, Sami Zayn, regardless of how insane or intense the crowd is, regardless of how interesting Sami may be right now, logic prevailed. Roman Reigns retained and the reign ran on. And as you say with Drew McIntyre, Kevin, you tuned into SmackDown after this happened, but I was watching SmackDown. Drew McIntyre's current role is he's having brawls and beating up the Viking Raiders at ringside literally every week. And he's doing some stuff with like the Imperium tag team. I think they're going to tease or build up a match with Gunther, maybe. That's what Drew's doing. Drew's punching Eric and Ivar every week on the lower undercard of the show. Yeah, he might That's be good enough to have an Intercontinental title feud come WrestleMania. 
and that's the yes. guy you wanted to beat Roman Reigns and end at that time, like his seven hundred plus day title reign. Yeah, yeah. So, now, unless you have any other thoughts with that, um, I guess we've sort of just got our thoughts on the main event scene planned out. Uh, and once again, Kevin, I will say just on formally on elite heat here, uh, my reaction to your take during our review about the ending, I did overreact a little bit there. Um, I'll fess up to that one. Um, you were, I'd say you were right about the ending. Um, now there was the segment on SmackDown where basically, as you said, you're Jimmy Uso out there almost crying, being like, uh, like desperate for Jay Uso's love and attention. And Jay walked into the, into the crowd. Sammy was out there near enough crying. And then you had Sakura out there. And that was basically what you said in the review near enough. So you did call that essentially and where they were going to go with that. So yeah, all that just to build up the tag title match, pal. So, yeah. yeah do, I, do I get to take a victory lap now uh, about my mm. take in the Elimination Chamber 2023 review? Pal. Yeah, your, your, your take, yeah, with the ending. Mm. Yeah, pal, we're, we're getting, this, this is the best storyline in the last 25 years is what everyone and their mother is telling me. And this storyline is going to be blown off with a tag team title match. At WrestleMania between my next door neighbor and Sami Zayn and the Usos, the guys that are what like eighteen time tag team champions, like that that's the blow off for this immaculate storyline. That's gonna piss some people off. <laughs> no, it will, it definitely will. But I'm sorry, yeah. man. like like I I watched that match at Elimination Chamber. And I'm like, okay, I've seen matches better than this. I've seen so many just growing up. I've seen so many matches better than this. I, I miss like I miss the time when Vince McMahon would just like okay the wrestlers in their hometown we're gonna have them lose, but like he did with Cena in in Boston, he's just like Edge beat him, and then the same thing with Edge in Toronto Cena beats him, that way we don't have to worry about people getting so mostly invested in stuff that doesn't make sense. Sami Zayn winning the WWE title doesn't make sense, it, it never made sense. Everybody wanted to see it because they just wanted to be a part of something. Yeah. Well, it's the same way that in 2014, the Daniel Bryan thing didn't make sense in the long run. The same way Kofi Mania didn't make sense in the long run. It's, it's, it's one and the same. And it's good that WWE have had long-term thinking and long-term just ration, rational thought prevail with this. So that's good to see. And yeah, Kevin, we roll into WrestleMania. Uh, SmackDown without Roman. Now, I just want to emphasize this with SmackDown. SmackDown this past week was not entertaining. Now, I know there was a Bloodline segment to close the show. That was solid. Some people were saying that was the best segment in ages. It, it, it was okay. It was a fine segment. And then the, the stuff with Dominic Mysterio and Ray, that was good. The rest of the show was a bore. The rest of the show was not good. SmackDown without Roman Reigns. Kevin, I need to emphasize this. You can't have SmackDown without Roman Reigns in the heart of WrestleMania season, he can't be not be there for three straight weeks. That's not good enough. I don't care what his schedule is. It was fine last week, you know, the, the show before the Elimination Chamber because Sammy in Montreal, that was fine. These other weeks, like last night, we're, we're four or five weeks out from WrestleMania and this is your A show. Reigns not being there is not good enough. It, 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 he needs to be on SmackDown. At this stage of the year, he just does. Well, he will be on SmackDown next week, pal. So that that's always good news. He's going to handle Jey Uso for Jimmy Uso there, John. 
W power. But yeah, like, like what is this load managing Roman Reigns? You think you think he was Kawhi Leonard? Like, what is this? Like, perform, please. <laughs> it makes Your this segment more must see. The WWE desperately needs you. Come on. It makes the segments more must see. But it means the weeks he's not there. It's like last night where you're sitting there for an hour and a half thinking this show's just dead. Yeah, Nothing's going on. It would have been like that anyway. What? It would have been like that anyway if Reigns was on the show. The first hour and a half would have been limping along, and then we would have got the Roman Reigns segment to end the show. It was, still would have been the same format, you know? Oh, no. All the other segments would have been the same, obviously. But when you've got Reigns at the beginning, they show Reigns like twice or three times backstage during, and then a main event segment with Reigns, you're far more hooked into the show. Well, at least that's how I view it, and that's how hundreds of other thousands of people do. So It seemed to be, yeah. to be that most people were pretty... Uh, they were pretty, what's the word I'm looking for? They were fulfilled with the, the Usos and with the Sami Zayn segment. Well, Kevin, as you allude to, I mean, they could sort of almost do anything with that, with the performers involved, and it would get praise at this stage. So, Yeah, I see people calling that segment a movie, calling it cinema. I mean, it was a good segment. Don't get me wrong, the, the Sami Zayn and Jimmy Uso, Jay Uso segment. But is there anything to write home to? I don't know. Uh, oh. That that's uh, that remains to be seen. Well, Kevin, now this is just like almost a plug for our a show in a couple of weeks. But I'm, I, I watched WrestleMania 17, basically right after I watched SmackDown. And... Uh, <laughs> It just it's like apples and oranges and this sort of stuff. It's hard to believe the same company twenty years later. I don't know. I'll give we'll give plenty of thoughts. We've got a couple of weeks until that show, but yeah, I'm not. It almost changes your perspective when you when you watch back a show that's so well done versus that SmackDown. And maybe being too critical on SmackDown, maybe it wasn't that bad. But after watching that, then watching WrestleMania 17 is like, what is this? Like seriously. <laughs> All right, pal. Well, I guess it's time to move into the featured program. Oh, yeah, pal. Where, so where does Roman Reigns rank all time? Roll it. Ladies and gentlemen, today Elite Heat is back, and we're back with a bang. This one, oh, my God. There is so much to unpack here. Now, the title and the, the main premise of what we're doing today is where Roman Reigns ranks all time. Now, all time in the sense of professional wrestlers in mainly WWE, but really, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll divulge into the, the specifics in a minute. But the main thing is that Roman Reigns is all time rank, but I'm sure with how we've done this, there's going to be a lot more debates as far as where just generally wrestlers rank compared to each other. It's a fun one to do because there's so much little bit of you know, content we can get out of this. So, yeah, Kevin, with that said, how you doing? And you're excited for this one today. I'm great, pal. I can't wait. I mean, the last time we spoke about Roman Reigns, we nearly had to be separated, pal. Brock Lesnar, Undertaker, 2015 style. Uh, I was throwing around security guards trying to get at you, pal. You were beating up wrestlers and catering. It, it was a hell yep. of a knockdown dragout debate. So I might as well do it again, right? But this time, I, I think this one's interesting, mainly because it's so relevant. Roman Reigns is the singular top guy in WWE and has been for a number of years. So for me, at least, it's interesting, and I think a lot of you will find this interesting, to see just where Roman Reigns ranks all time. And I think this one is super divisive because most people listening to this are on one end of the spectrum or the other. 
most people will say, okay, Reigns is certifiably top top 10, top 12, top 15. And then the other half of the people will say, no, nah, Reigns is not even top 50. Reigns is maybe at best top 40. And I think that's where the intrigue is because so many people love Roman and so many people hate him. And it's really, it's really interesting. Like it, with, with Cena, yes, people loved and hated Cena, but everybody could admit, okay, Cena is like a Mount Rushmore guy. Every now and then you'll get a guy, that's, you'll get someone out there that's like, oh, Cena's trash. Cena's not even top 20. And then objectively... It's like yeah no like you can't even how can you even say that about john cena people will just start attacking him you know and it's great it's funny but yeah nevertheless here we go pal so i've got yeah. a list for you prepared and i have this list organized in the three categories i have a yeah. list of guys that roman under any circumstances will absolutely not pass these guys and yeah, yeah. there's always exceptions maybe roman could go on like a 15 year run from right now and he's a tribal chief all the way in 2035 and, and we're talking about roman for the next 12 years as a top guy but he's already a part-timer realistically he's 11 years into his career and he's already a part-timer so i don't think that's going to happen and then i have the people that roman could pass then i have the people that roman probably has passed but it's a pretty good discussion so i'll hit i'll hit it with you pal real quick and i think you will agree here are the guys that i have that roman will never pass steve austin John Cena, The Rock, Ric Flair, Bret Hart, HBK, Hulk Hogan, Brock Lesnar, The Undertaker, Triple H, Macho Man Randy Savage, and Andre the Giant. Now, for me, I, I think... Okay. I'm sorry, before you go, I, I just think Steve Austin, Cena, Rock, Flair, Undertaker, those are the headliners, and Hogan. Those are the headliners of the, the very top of the list. Those guys, like, yeah, there's... Zero percent chance. You look at like Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, Triple H, Macho Man, Andre the Giant. I think he won't pass those guys, but there's like a three, four percent chance that maybe he will, in the minds of a lot of people. Sorry. Okay, there's a three, four percent chance he may pass. You cut out. What'd you say? So there's a three, four percent chance that he may pass Bret Hart. Was yeah. I hearing that correct? Or yeah, correct. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Ca- carry on with what you're saying. I'll get to my analysis of this all shortly. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, that's, that was your tier one. That was guys who Roman Reigns basically would need a miracle to say they're on the he's on the level of or god forbid overtake so that list of you said i think it was 10 to 12 guys there that was 12 guys yeah and okay. and i just for bret hart i say okay bret hart he's undoubtedly a top three technical wrestler of all time he's involved mm-hmm. in no question the most infamous most notorious most well-known angle storyline in the history of pro wrestling the montreal screw job so he has that under his belt he wrestled for a ton of years. People love him. All right, people love the guy. Okay, like I, I didn't grow up watching Bret Hart, but I know Bret Hart. I know his place. And to me, Bret Hart is a top fifteen guy. Right. And I think for Roman Reigns to pass Bret Hart, Roman would have to get into the top fifteen conversation. I just don't think he's there. And then like Andre the Giant, like some people may scoff at that, but I mean Andre the Giant was a big draw. He was the biggest draw in wrestling, like before Hogan. 
WrestleMania three, big moments, iconic, absolutely iconic wrestler. Everyone on the planet knows Andre the Giant just about. Yep. But yeah, so then now I have the list that Roman could pass one day, and, and realistically, he might. You know, he might just pass these guys. I have Edge, Randy Orton, Kurt Angle, Chris Jericho, and Eddie Guerrero as like the headliners of that list. That's like the mm-hmm. absolute upper echelon. Mm-hmm. Then you've got Mick Foley, Roddy Piper, Dusty Rose, Sting, Ultimate Warrior, and Rey Mysterio. Now, now say what you will about some of these guys, like Ultimate Warrior. Yeah, I, I can see Reigns passing Warrior one day. Maybe even Reigns belongs in the second tier. Maybe Reigns has already passed Ultimate, Ultimate Warrior. Mm-hmm. But Ultimate Warrior is just such an iconic character, you know? Ultimate Warrior got a lot of people into wrestling. He had a bigger WrestleMania moment than Reigns has ever had when he when he beat Hogan at WrestleMania six. You know, maybe one day we'll see that big moment. Maybe we'll get Reigns versus The Rock, and that'll surpass. That'll be enough to surpass a Warrior. Then I look right. at Rey Mysterio. I mean, Rey Mysterio is one of the most iconic figures in wrestling history. Iconic mask, iconic character, arguably the best like pure white meat babyface ever. I I I don't know. What do, what do you say, pal? Any any uh, debunks there on that list? So for starters, this is what's so interesting about this and what we're doing today because there is no definitive right answer with this. It all comes down to essentially how much you put into certain things with wrestlers. So for instance, with Rey Mysterio, right? You look at a guy like that. Now, from a main event standpoint, Rey's had. A run here and there, um, 06 was uh, a good one. Well, have you like title type run, won the That was good. I look at you know, 2011, they gave him the WE title for 10 minutes. He was like a little placeholder. But really more so with Ray, what, what, as you say, you're looking at the longevity, the body of work, and just the kind of recognizability with the mask. And especially the mask, his in-ring boy, all that sort of thing, over literally like a 25, near 30-year career. So there's a really good case for you know that and just generally so i can i get it uh, none of these guys i'm saying are bad or suck or anything like that it's more so just kind of a, a personal preference with especially someone like ray i don't think ray is just definitively better than roman i think they're very different which is what makes this so hard i think you look at roman reigns and you see particularly with him the last five years especially now with roman I just want to say, before we get to the next part of your list, which is, I guess, guys, Reigns has passed, I think is what you'll give us in a moment. Yeah. Well, the yeah, guys, he's probably, he's probably passed. Yeah. Yeah. So I just want to make a little point here. With the career of Roman Reigns, when I look at this career, I break it down this way. And this is how I view it, just so you guys, the listeners, can get a bit of perspective. So his Shield run, so 2012 through halfway through 2014, I view that as great. I think that was a great run, some amazing matches. He was cool. The, the, the presentation was awesome, very recognizable, very popular. And at the time, W were getting really good viewership then in 2012 through 13 and 14. So that was really good. His solo run was six months in 2014. So the second half of 2014, all right. Not that great. It was fine. Uh, his 2015 run, just the, the, that year specifically, that's overhated. It wasn't great, but it wasn't that bad. Then, Kevin, what Roman Reigns gets associated for by a lot of people and what sticks out, 
like a sore thumb is that 2016 through the leukemia announcement run, that run where he was the top guy being pushed as a baby face, but everyone's booing him. That's the big kind of, I guess, stain on Reigns' legacy. I think you'll agree. Uh, and then you look at 2019-20, he was solid. He was fine. And then from there, the 2020 Tribal Chief run, which is now three years long, I view that as an all-time great pro wrestling main event run. So to me, I put a lot of stock in that Tribal Chief run as the guy who's carried the company on his back for three years. I put a lot into that. So for me, I view that and everything that encompasses it as putting him above a Rey Mysterio with the longevity. That's just me. Um, and we'll get to, I guess, more debate with this in a minute. But yeah, Kevin, do you think my, for one, my analysis of Reigns' career is fair? And two, yeah, just any other thoughts? Yeah, I think it's pretty spot on. I'll, I'll just add a couple of things. 2015, he has arguably the worst Royal Rumble performance, the worst Royal Rumble reaction. Just, you could say 2015 is the worst Royal Rumble ever. Yeah. That, that's pretty bad. That, that's, that's a legacy hit on Roman Reigns. And he, the Rock got booed. You know, they had a riot. We all know what happened at Royal Rumble 2015. Uh, he yeah. had the Suffering Suckatash. I believe that was 2015 as well. That line, just mm-hmm. one of the most god-awful lines in the history of pro wrestling. Yeah. He's got a lot of things under his belt that's not exactly mm-hmm. great. And yeah, the Shield run as good as it was. But let's not forget, their WrestleMania matches were pretty bad. I mean, they wrestled, what, Kane and the New Age Outlaws at WrestleMania that's 30. 30. Yeah, then they wrestled, what, what was it, Sheamus, Big Show, and, like, Randy Orton at WrestleMania 29. Correct. Yeah, they had some good matches with the, with the Wyatt family. Yeah, no doubt. Of course. The Shield is an all-time great faction, so that's going to go in his belt. He was a part of mm-hmm. one of the best factions ever. It's definitely going to help him. And then I think you were pretty spot on with 16, 17, 18, really not much to add. 19, 20, really not much to add. He was good. At that point, it was kind of like, all right, can we stop hating the guy so much? Like... He had cancer, for one. He's not that bad. Like, he's just doing his freaking job. He's doing what Vince McMahon wants him to do. So he stopped hating him so much? And then 2020 return as a tribal chief, it was like, okay, now this guy, he gets it. He's figured it out. He's finally become a good character. And it's good. Yeah, it's good to see. And the interesting thing, too, is that we don't know how this tribal chief run is going to end. But I think... So he's at, right now, he's had a three-year... You know, a three-year main event, all-time run, all-time great run. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. about the length of Ultimate Warrior's run. Ultimate Warrior from 88 to, like, 91. That was Ultimate Warrior's run as an all-time great top guy. Now, essentially, if you, if you took Ultimate Warrior and you stuck him in WWE TV, on WWF TV from, like, 81 to 88, and he was just, like, an upper mid-card guy that didn't do anything, really... Yeah, you know, there's a whole lot of nothing with Reigns' first run, and like Warrior was part of a good faction. Then you would have essentially what Roman Reigns is, you know. So if you're looking at their prime, Ultimate Warrior, Roman Reigns' prime, pretty similar. Great characters. I would argue the Ultimate Warrior is more influential. Ultimate Warrior to this day, if you talk to somebody that's in their 40s, more than likely they're going to tell you, "Hey, Ultimate Warrior was my favorite wrestler growing up," or Hulk Hogan, but. A lot of times, just personal experience talking to people. You know, wrestling tends to come up when I have conversations with people. It's, you know, it's not a crazy thing to talk about wrestling. You know, I'm not sitting there talking to people like, hey, what did you think of Shelton Benjamin's flip on Billy Kidman? Like, I'll ask people, hey, did you watch wrestling as a kid? And a lot of times people will be like, yeah, Ultimate Warrior is my guy. I don't think Roman Reigns will quite be remembered the same way. 
I don't know if we'll have people in their 40s that are kids now watching wrestling saying, yeah, Roman Reigns is my guy. I love Roman Reigns. I'll always have a special place for wrestling in my heart because of that. And I think that's one of the things that separates a guy like Warrior. And I think a lot of it is similar with Rey Mysterio. But for Rey Mysterio, it's more so innovation. You ask damn near any wrestler on the roster right now. You, you pull aside Ricochet. You pull aside Austin Theory, Will Ospreay. You say, give me your, your influences. Who made you want to be a wrestler? I guarantee you one of the names that comes out of their mouth is Rey Mysterio. 100%. Any of those guys. Seth Rollins, whoever. Any of the guys for this current crop. I, and that, sp- that spawns across generations. People in like 2010 were getting into business because of Rey Mysterio. And still to this day, people are coming into the business because of what Rey Mysterio's done. So I think those are things that to factor in as well. And innovation, like I said, innovation, Rey Mysterio changed the way wrestling is, is performed. Rey Mysterio is one of the so guys that, that brought the Mexican style to America. Good. I was just saying, so what I'm hearing, so you used the word there explicitly, innovation and really nostalgia. I guess when you refer to the Ultimate Warrior kind of side of it, I don't know whether nostalgia is the perfect word, but that sort of fond memory of wrestling of days gone by sort of thing. Is that yeah. fair? Right. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I think with Roman, we won't, we, we can't know right now how in 5, 10, 15, 20 years we look back on this, which is, I think, the big kind of asterisk on what we're doing right now. Um, if we have Reigns' career like finished, set in stone, and he's been off in Hollywood for five, ten years, and we can look at it, you know, set in stone, like the career of The Rock, for instance, we can we can see it and go, okay, he meant this, this, and this for the wrestling business. He got X amount of people inspired. These wrestlers, like, it's much easier in that case with Ray to make that argument, hundred percent, and no shot at Ray at all. Like, well, Ray's a legend. Like, he's as you said. He set the tone. He innovated the style. He bought that style. He was on the main people who bought the lucha, the high flying, a lot of it into mainstream North American wrestling. So, you know, big shout out to Ray for that. But really, that argument generally is more so, yeah, it's it's you know nostalgia and looking back in you know years gone by at these guys because who knows when Roman Reigns has been the top guy for WWE with a legitimately really good run. But now it's two and a half at minimum, but it's probably going to be three, three and a half years with this Tribal Chief stuff. Who knows how that gets looked back on in five, 10, 15 years by people. Maybe people look at this era of professional wrestling from really when Cena faded out to like 2025, 2030 and go, wrestling was not very good. But damn that Roman Reigns run. That was the best thing in wrestling by far in that whole 15-year period. That three-year run was legendary. That Roman Reigns run, there was a lot of bad. Vince McMahon stepped down. That was a big point. Triple H took over. They failed creating a few stars, but God, that Reigns run was good. And in that case, people, if they look back on it that way, which I think they will, that would elevate Reigns then. Because if Ultimate Warrior is a place where you have him for the reasons you just gave, that's a lot, a lot of that's nostalgia. It was a short run on top and then just nostalgia. So. Yeah, uh, Kevin, is what I'm saying so out of out of pocket? I, I think th- there's there's merit in what I'm saying. No, you're making sense, fair. and that's why guys like Ray and also Warrior for me are in the 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 uh, the category that Roman could pass him one day because he could, mm-hmm. you know, and he probably will. He 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 actually might, you know, he might pass them. But for me, Ultimate Warrior, like I said, um, that match with Hogan at WrestleMania, with that match with Hogan at WrestleMania six, 
that's bigger and better than anything Roman has done in his career. Yeah. You know, yeah. that that's like, that's a top tier, God tier moment in the history of pro wrestling. And then Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio has the iconic look, the iconic mask. That right there is more important to the wrestling business than anything Roman Reigns has done. You know, we're just, we're, if we're looking at like, just comparative, here's Rey Mysterio's body of work, here's Ultimate Warrior's body of work, and here's Roman and Reigns' body of work. Influence on pop culture with that one. Right. With the mom. Yeah. With that. Yeah. Yeah. You take out the nostalgia, you take out looking back at Rey Mysterio's influence, because that's all projections. That's what I think mm-hmm. is going to happen. You know, I, I think Roman's not going to be remembered the way Warrior is. And I don't think Roman will be as influential as Rey Mysterio is. But he could be. You know, he could be. Um, yeah, but you look at their body of work, like Rey Mysterio, the 06 Royal Rumble win. Has Roman had a moment that surpassed that? Maybe. You know, maybe his feud with Jey Uso. Maybe this Bloodline story. And that, that's what makes it so interesting. Well, yeah, because Roman's had such a different career. This is the other thing. Hey, it, it's been so much of... Was the Shield run was great. There was some years where I was like, ah, oh, he's up at mid-call. He's like a main event guy, but, you know, just kind of a bit there. There was a run for that, that two, three years where people were just like, oh, turn him heel or get sick of this. And then there's been this three-year run where it's been some of the best content we've seen in 15 years. And, Kevin, the argument I'll make with this right now roman being the top guy who's been this well received for three years he's been really i mean the top guy for the better part of the last decade in fairness but really is this top guy has been received for this run once he's retired and once he's out of the picture i feel like there's going to be a lot of people who look back on reigns with such reverence almost the same way with as happened with Cena because when Cena was the end all be all top guy who ran the show for all those years, for a lot of it, people wanted someone else. A lot of the time, there was not that appreciation for Cena when he was doing his thing. Half the audience said he sucked, they're sick of him, get him off the screen. And the other half are chanting, let's go, Cena. Like when Cena went away, when he became part time, when he retired, pretty much, he, in my opinion, he really took that final step onto Mount Rushmore. Now, I think Cena's body of work is definitely above Reigns. I'm not trying to say Reigns is better than Cena. I'm not what I'm trying to say. What I'm trying to say is once Roman Reigns retires, I feel like he's, because he's been the top guy in WWE for X amount of years, that gets you taken up an extra step when you retire. People go, oh my God, they were damn good. They did all that as the top star. I thought being the top star has weight. And Rey Mysterio, yes, I give you that 100%. The 06 Rumble was awesome. Amazing moment, 100%. Great moment. But it's a lot of mid-card. And now the masks, 100%, pop culture, that was great. But it equates it, it, it differently, I feel like. I feel like with Ray, that's a, Ray's a certified tier two for life guy. He has a great legacy, all that stuff. But Roman, because of the, fact, the main event factor and being the top guy factor, that's what can take him to the potentially the bottom of tier one sort of thing. I don't think he's he's never going to surpass Cena all the time. He's never going to surpass Austin or Taker. Uh, he's, just, he's just not. But because of the main event stuff, because it's in the main event, it's, it's the guy of the company, of the WWE, the main show in the world. I think that's what's his case, I think. 
And, and I, I want to say this to add to the point you made about Cena and his reverence. Everybody looks back with hindsight and they love Cena. And I'll tell you why. That's because people always love Cena. They always did. Whether they wanted to admit it or not. That's Cap. That's Cap. See, no, they didn't. Cena, no, they didn't. No, listen, listen. Cena no. won everybody's hearts with the Dr. Thugonomics. People loved Cena. Everybody, he was universally loved. And then he just became the guy that he was and the hustle, loyalty, respect, all this and that. So people hated him because they were like, wow, I want him to go back to what he was. I don't want to see this anymore. I want him to be cool. I want him to be edgy because they knew there was a different capability there for Cena. And I think that's right, why right. people look back at him so fondly. And I don't think they will with Reigns for that one of those reasons. Like now, now if it was the opposite, if Reigns left the Shield and immediately became the Tribal Chief and was doing what he's doing now, and then in 2019 he was just like he just came out one day, it was like I'm the big dog Samoa, and just became this babyface that everybody hated. Then it would be different. The people would look back at Roman like, wow, he was great. He always was great. You know, does that that make sense? Yeah, I like that point. I like that point, and yeah, because. Most of that audience, especially like the, the, the adult male audience, loud ones that chose chanting from like 08 or like, God, I think 2015, 2016, that audience were by and large those people. They saw him in 03, 04, bits of 05 and were like, this guy's cool. I can get behind this. And then he just became the, 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 the face of PG. I'm a cash cow, fruity pebble. We're we in Miami, Sination. Dolphins gonna win the Super Bowl. Hey, cheap pop. And they're like, "What is this? Get this guy off the show. He's a fake poser. He's a phony. He says what Vince McMahon says. Vince McMahon's heads up his ass, like his ass. Like th- th- that's kind of you know where a bunch of the fan base and the male fan base particularly turn on the guy. And they said, "I'm sick of this. This guy's a phony. Get him off the screen." So yeah, yeah. Because by and large, at the time, Kevin, ten years ago, a lot of people were saying around particularly thinking oh my god can just get this guy off the screen he's been the top guy for eight years now we've had it enough it it was the opposite of this rain stuff now with rains it was like that initially it was like get him off oh my god this is terrible but now it's been years of just get him on the screen we need a roman segment please it's the best thing on the show best thing in wrestling for years now so it's good it's a good discussion this it really is Absolutely. Let's look at some of the other names on this list yep. that are maybe more difficult for Reigns to pass, that may be a little bit more intriguing to discuss. Like, like, uh, like I look at a Kurt Angle. The, the resume is a lot different when you're comparing Kurt Angle's resume to Rey Mysterio's resume. Well, what do you think Roman would have to do to pass Kurt Angle? It's hard because from a purely like resume standpoint, you look at Roman, right? Seven WrestleMania main events, I believe. So 31 versus Brock, 32 versus Triple H, 33 against The Undertaker, 34 versus Brock again, 37 in that excellent triple threat match, 38, meh. <laughs> mm. And then 39 against Cody this year. So that's, what's that? That's eight. Seven? That's eight. That's eight WrestleMania main events. So seven going to be eight. So like you look at that from a, you know, like a, what they achieved in the company standpoint, that's nuts. The only person who compares with that resume wise 
which is pretty crazy to think about. So there's that. Reign's been champion for over a thousand days. So I think really the, the numbers of that, the metrics, it doesn't equate the same. Kurt Angle didn't main event seven, eight WrestleManias. He wasn't the, the world champion for a thousand plus days, but he was just great. Kurt Angle and Kevin, to me, I'll tell you, I've got Angle. Um, for my tiers, I'm very sort of similar. Um, I've got a, like a, I call it the best of the best tier, which is, yeah, Cena, Hogan, Taker, basically all the guys you listed. I didn't list Bret Hart. He was not in that tier. Um, and then I put Andre just the tier below. And then I've got a category which I call um, you know, debate, not really debatable yet, um, and Angle's in there. I, I, I still think Angle's better than Roman Reigns. I just do. The, the, the body of work of Angle, like 20-odd years of being really entertaining, and there weren't really blemishes on the career like Reigns has. So I think Reigns, yeah, he's, he's a way to go to overtake Angle. I don't think that honestly can with what happened with Roman Reigns in that three-year run where everyone wanted him off the screen. Like, Angle never had that. So it, it makes it hard to put Reigns above him, I think. Right. Um, yeah. And, and here's, here's yeah. another thing, too, with Angle. That Angle main evented... Main evented, what, one WrestleMania? I think he went on last. Nice. Yeah, 19. Yeah. He went on last at 19. But he was involved in really high profile really great wrestlemania matches for most of his career and another thing too his, his career in wwe especially was cut short you know he had a long run in tna a longer run in tna than he did in wwe but it's not really much there we're just kind of looking at strictly what he did in wwe yeah. you think you figure if current angle never leaves uh, for tna who knows what he would have done going into the 2010s who knows what wwe would have looked like the current angle there yeah. until the 2010s but to just to, to nevertheless talk about what he did do he had that wrestlemania main event with brock great you know great memorable for brock nearly killing himself with the the shooting star press great wrestlemania main event then he had an iconic absolutely iconic wrestlemania match with Shawn michaels and that's the one yeah. thing that roman is missing in, in yeah. reality I don't think Roman will ever have that one god tier match that everybody looks at and is like, yeah, this is a top 15 wrestling match ever. Hmm. Just on a different level. You know, I, that's, you know, and Kurt Angle too, he had great segments. Kurt Angle was a good comedy act. Kurt Angle was very serious. He was involved in some ridiculous Vince McMahon booking in like the, in 05, 06 with some of the more ridiculous segments like with Charmel and Booker T. Just stuff that you remember. Yeah. You know, Kurt Angle's done so much. And that that it's really that that really goat tier WrestleMania match that Kurt Angle has under his belt. And other classics too, like his match with Benoit at the Royal Rumble. He just had he has so many. So well, Kevin, one thing I I sorry to I just want to make this point real quick before you carry on. Um one thing I want to say with this, which I think this is a really good in it's, it's WrestleMania performances um, and just the, the memorability, the quality of the matches. I look at Kurt Angle, his WrestleMania resume, it's only what? I mean, I'm counting from 2000 to 2006. I'm not counting the Baron Corbin match in 2019. Yeah, no, that doesn't count. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't count. Because no, he, was like, he was like 52, he had no official neck and he could barely move. I don't count that. Um, but you look at Kurt Angle, 2000, really good triple threat. I see an European title match with Jericho and Benoit. 
Really good match. 2001, WrestleMania 17. He had a great match with Benoit. WrestleMania 18. That one, who was co-working with that one? Kane. It was a good, like, upper mid-card match. It was just there. Yeah. And then, Kevin, it turns up another gear. He main events the second best WrestleMania of all time against Brock. Excellent match. Just awesome stuff for the WWE title. WrestleMania 20, great match with Eddie Guerrero for the WWE title. That was awesome. You've got 21, one of the greatest matches ever with Sean. And 22, he was involved in, I believe, the World Heavyweight title match. Yeah, triple threat match with Orton and uh, and yeah. Ray. And, and keep in like mind too, had the Benoit tragedy not have happened, that WrestleMania 20 main event is looked at with a completely different lens. Yeah, 100%. And just Kevin, and to go back to the Roman Reigns point of this, one thing that I believe will end up costing Reigns any hope of getting into tier one at the end of the day is all the blemishes on his WrestleMania resume. Even as a a Reigns guy myself, I, I've got to call these out. I mean, 31 ended up being good. That was a, a fun WrestleMania main event, at 31 with Brock. 32 was not great. 30 minutes versus Triple H, no one really wanted to see. It was just a bit of a dud. 33 was just, no, Kevin, just against yeah. The Undertaker, not great. Not great. 34 was a dud. 37 was his best match by far 38 was a bit of a, a bit of a dud and then 39 against Cody. Hopefully that's some great match, but you know, that's what four blemishes on his WrestleMania resume. And these are, these are main event matches. Kurt Angle was having these, like, I mean, you call it mid card, but it was a, a legendary 30 minute match against Shawn Michaels. And that wasn't even the thing shoved down your throat as the main event. So I think for that alone, a guy like Kurt Angle is clear of Roman. I feel like, and it'll take a, a lot at this point for Roman to overtake a guy like Kurt. Who I have at the top of tier two for me, um, but yeah, there you go. And here's one that's interesting for me too: is Randy Orton. When you're looking at Randy Orton and Roman Reigns, where they kind of rank, like Randy Orton definitely is a tier two in my opinion. A lot of people would probably argue that he's tier one because Randy right. Orton. So many people love Randy Orton, but I would not put him in the same category as Taker and Flair and Rock. I, I you know, I think he's. At the higher end of tier two, you know, Randy Orton's done a lot. Randy Orton's super famous, well-known, one of the most well-known, most recognized wrestlers of the 2000s and 2010s. He's got an unrivaled longevity. He's been around as a full-time performer. He was, he was around longer than Cena as a full-time performer. And that's almost like insane to imagine. They were in the same OVW class. Orton, what, he's, he's a full-time performer up until... Last year, when he got injured, he was wrestling full-time. Crazy, doing all the house shows on every pay-per-view, every spot in the card imaginable. Randy Orton's done it all. Been there, done it all. But the blemish with Randy Orton, it's a lot like Reigns. It's the quality of matches. Yeah, Randy Orton, how many of those matches does Randy Orton have where you're like, yeah, that's a top-tier wrestling match? He has more than Reigns. I think that's why... It would be very hard for Reigns to pass him. You know, Orton has that match with uh, with Mick Foley at Backlash 04. He has the WrestleMania match with, with Taker at uh, 21. He's got some stuff on his resume. He has duds. He has his main event duds with Triple H. Yeah. WrestleMania 25, just absolute dud. WrestleMania 24, <laughs> dud. Random triple threat match with Triple H and Cena for no reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was involved... 
you know, good or bad, he was involved in one of the best WrestleMania main events at WrestleMania 30. And that's the same thing you could say about Reigns. Like, Reigns wasn't involved in 31. But that was Seth Rollins' moment. And 30 was Daniel Bryan's moment. So you can't really use that in favor of either guy. But they are similar. They are pretty similar in a lot of respects. Just like Randy Orton had, what, like eight years of not trying? So yeah. that, that, that pretty much equates to like the five years that Reigns was terrible. And Kevin, this I think out of all the comparisons and like the, the kind of all-time rankings, I think Randy Orton smack bang on par with Roman, like as far as all-time placing. And where you rank Randy Orton, I have Randy Orton around about 15 all-time, I'd say. Because, yeah, he's not... Like, Randy Orton, for all those years, he wasn't trying. For those WrestleMania duds, for that, I'd I'd probably disqualify him from, like, the best of the best tier, like the top 10, the guys you mentioned at the start. I think you would too, for that sort of stuff. Um, For the years he wasn't trying and all all the kind of stuff with Randy Orton, the the lackluster main event stuff and him just going through the motions all that time. But, like, Randy Orton's best is absolutely phenomenal. And for Randy Orton, we've seen his best really in maybe 05 with The Undertaker. We've seen some of the Legend Killer stuff was excellent. Um, some of the stuff with Triple H, WrestleMania 25, the build, particularly not really the Mania match, but the build and the stuff with Edge in 2020. Like Randy Orton, when he's really dialed in, he's locked in and the content's really good. It's genuinely excellent. Um, I think Roman Reigns is much the same. Reigns' run for the past couple of years has been just the best of the best of that guy. But Kevin, you said it perfectly. A lot of WrestleMania duds. Randy has a bunch of them. Roman has a bunch of them. They're not guys who you look at and think they have a, a catalog of just great matches I need to go back and watch right now. They're not like that. They're not like these tier one guys in that sense. Um, so in that regard, I view them near enough smack bang on par around the top 15-ish, give or take, a, you know, a couple below spots sort of thing. Right. And what Orton has too is the iconic finisher. Arguably the most iconic finish in wrestling history. You could argue it. I would listen to you if you told me that the RKO is the singular greatest finisher. But would you? Would you listen to that argument? Yes, I would. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, everyone in the world knows an RKO. If I just go up to somebody and I and I show them a video of Randy Orton doing the RKO, they're gonna know what it is. And, and you can't say that about a lot of other finishing moves. There's a few on that list, like like the sweet chin music. Stone Cold Stunner, Hogan's Leg Drop, the Tombstone. There's a few, you know, but Orton is probably the most iconic one. Just he's he has that which Reigns doesn't really have. Yep. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, Kevin, just with the the finishes, yeah, like Reigns' finisher is a mo- is a finisher with which literally Edge, who's another guy who I'm still above Roman. That's his finisher. That's Goldberg's finisher. That's the Rhino's finisher. There was a number of other wrestlers who aren't as famous who used the spear. It's hardly a you know a fresh move in any way, shape, or form. Randy Orton's RKO, yeah, Orton's not the first person to use like a cutter. Like DDP uses similar similar move and that that sort of finisher. But Randy Orton took that finisher and propelled it into the mainstream. The RKO out of nowhere, that like viral meme, GIF, like that you know that that went everywhere. And then you could go up to anyone on the street. Well, not, okay, that'd be assault if you did it to someone on the street, but go to any of your friends and do that. And they'd be like, oh, RKO, that's WWE, RKO. Like, 
that's the kind of reaction you get. And that's all Randy. So yeah, tip the cap to Randy for that. He has that over Roman as far as something that's that recognizable, 100%. Um, but just generally from like a body of work, I think Reigns and all damn near smack bang on par, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, I would say. I mean, I, I would say too, right? With another thing with Randy is the star power. I think right now, Randy's still a bigger celebrity than Reigns. And, and even at their peak, Randy Orton just was more recognizable. Yeah, his career didn't work out as a top guy the way people thought it would. But he still had a great career. He's like, what, a 13-time champion, 14-time champion. He's done it all. So, I mean, it's not but too most, bad. I would argue most of Orton's reigns have been these forgettable two, three-week title runs. Name one great Randy Orton world title run. No, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. Yeah, I mean, he held the belt for like eight months in the, the lead up to WrestleMania 30 and nothing really happened. I mean, Daniel Bryan beat him for the championship like twice in, in the buildup, you know? So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm just saying, just for numbers, for resume. Yeah. Not, not too shabby. Another guy, too, which I want to discuss is Eddie Guerrero. Mm-hmm. I think this is an interesting one, too. Yeah. Because with Eddie, like... You take away 0405, Eddie Guerrero's career is kind of similar to Rey Mysterio. The, the innovator, the guy that is like largely credited with pioneering this style of wrestling that's so important nowadays, ahead of his time. A pretty good character, pretty good heel, the Latino Heat stuff with China, some good in-ring work. But then he had that 0405 run where he became a certified cemented main eventer. WWE champion for a few months. He made the JBL character. Had one of the most memorable storylines in the history of wrestling with Rey Mysterio. So that's like pretty much like the things that separate Eddie from Rey. Uh-huh. But a lot of a lot of it with ranking Eddie Guerrero where as high as we do as wrestling fans is because of how great he was in that 0405 run. Those two yeah. years that he had more impactful in my opinion in the wrestling business than Roman Reigns eight years, eleven years total that he's been in WWE. And then on top of that, a lot of it is projecting. Like we all know if Eddie Guerrero had been alive, he was gonna wrestle Shawn Michaels in WrestleMania twenty two. Instead of Shawn yep. wrestling Vince. And that more than likely, I'm like ninety five percent sure that would have been an all time great WrestleMania match that we look back at like wow. Sean versus Eddie as a top tier, top 10, top 12 WrestleMania match. And then not just yeah. that, the things he would have done. You figure Eddie Guerrero's around in 2011, 2010. Are we going to have Cena burying Wade Barrett at SummerSlam? No, we, maybe we get Cena versus Eddie Guerrero in this storyline of, you know, they wrestled before when Cena was an upcoming mid-carder. But you put, you put Eddie Guerrero, 05 Eddie Guerrero, just take that guy in that aura against 2010 Cena. I mean, that that's selling out tickets that that's doing big business so that's a lot of it with eddie is the projection because his life was cut so short but what, what do you think do you want my like kind of blunt response to that last point yeah let's hear it this isn't about ifs we're, we're talking about what they've done and yeah i, I get it like if, if you know, eddie and sean would have been like sean and angle that would have been a wrestlemania match that just legendary, I 100%. And, like, if Eddie was around for that and, like, those things, it would have made 
particularly when Double B moved to PG, because Eddie under PG still would have been phenomenal. He, he's great under any team. But realistically, that, 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 didn't, that didn't happen, right? So we, what we got for Eddie was a few years in the kind of, you know, obviously, Los Guerreros and the, the, the stuff on the SmackDown 6 and some, like, good mid-card, upper mid-card stuff in a time when that part of the card was loaded. And then, yeah, the 04 into 05 run, which, once again, that 04 and 05 run, you just gave it all the praise there. And I can second that. Amazing stuff. You experienced it growing up. That must have been amazing. I've watched most of it back. Just great stuff. Just objectively great stuff. Um, but to me, how I scale that one great run with, I mean, Reigns' incredible three-year run and just generally the body work of Reigns, I, I take Reigns myself um and that's not to slight eddie at all i think i mean they're both they're both great in their own eddie from a charisma standpoint destroys reigns eddie from a match catalog perspective destroys reigns but reigns is run as this top guy with the character work and the storytelling everything that's encompassed it i just prefer that so yeah th- th- that's definitely a debatable one i think they're both definite tier two wrestlers all time for me at least kevin um but yeah i'd, I'd put eddie around top 20 that's interesting. Uh, I, I would love to hear the response if you just tweeted right now that you think Roman Reigns is better all time than Eddie Guerrero. Yeah. I, I think that would create an uproar. Right. You know, but yeah, but nevertheless, like, yeah, like I said, a well, lot. This is the thing as well, because as I said before, because we're living in the moment right now and running TV and it's hard, you know, drawing 9 million views a week, right? Like, if you say it right now, and yeah, oh my God, how could you? But once the legacy gets set in stone, and once, like, Reigns goes off into the sunset type thing, and I know I, I'm at a point about you with projecting a moment ago, but it's it's one of those ones where you look at that body of work, even what we've seen already, versus what Eddie did particularly. I mean, that run was incredible, but just generally, I, I don't know. I think they're around the same all time. I really do. Uh, just from... All the, the big main event run now for Reigns versus a six month to nine month long main event run for Eddie in 04. I think that scales similarly, to be honest. Well, he was he was a main eventer up until his death, and he main evented his, his very last pay per view appearance against Batista for the world title. But Eddie was Eddie was a certified main eventer from 04 to 05. So you had like almost it was almost like a, a full two yeah it was just about a, like a full two year run, and on top of that too with Eddie, is all the things that he did prior to his main event run. Prior to his main event run, Eddie was already a Hall of Famer. He would have gone into the WWE Hall of Fame regardless, but it's the 0405 run that made him a first ballot, made him a certified legend. But he had done enough long before that. Some of his matches with like Dean Malenko. Now you look at his matches with Jericho, with Rey Mysterio, and WCW. The, the cruiserweights were the best part of WCW. And that was pioneered and that was spearheaded by Eddie Guerrero and Rey Mysterio. So what, what they were doing in WCW was, if, if that was the best part of the show, that that was you know, equivalent to like Austin and Vince... Just like in placement of like where people look at it, you know, people weren't looking at Hogan and Roddy Piper from like '97 as the best thing. They're looking at okay, Eddie Guerrero versus Rey Mysterio. 
And yeah, that's not enough to carry a wrestling company. That's why WWE won the war and WCW didn't. So I'm not I'm not comparing Austin and Vince to or Eddie and Ray from like '97 and '98 to WCW to Austin and Vince. But nevertheless, they were doing the best work. They were the most intriguing part of WCW at the height of the Attitude Era, and I think that counts for something too. And that also, I, I would say, that also is another thing that puts him above Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns, he I don't think he'll ever be able to say he was the most intriguing part of a wrestling show during a boom period. Maybe there will be another wrestling boom one day. Maybe Reigns will be a part of it. But I don't think he will. And Eddie Guerrero was the most intriguing, most captivating part of a wrestling show in the middle of a boom period. And that's something that I, that I, I think it goes a long way too. Well, I think the phrasing would be, I think Eric Bischoff said it himself, the, the, the big, the stars and the big names, the Hogan's, the NWO, Sting, Warrior, Goldberg, they got people, they got the eyeballs and then Eddie and just the Cruiserweights generally, there was like a half dozen to a dozen, um, not to give Eddie absolutely all the credit for the Cruiserweight division, it was a really good division. Um, yeah, it was that, Eddie, all- it was Ray, it was Jericho. Proven to Guerrero, Malenko. I mean, Benoit was in there for a bit. Like, that, that's what kept people watching, which uh, 100%. And considering it, it all comes back, back to scaling as well. The fact that this happened when there was a wrestling boom, even though in this case, Eddie's, I guess, you know, undercard, mid-card, cruiserweight guy on WCW in that time, that versus the guy who's for half a decade been the clear top star of the biggest wrestling company in the world, WWE, but it's nowadays, so like a fraction of the people are watching. It, it, uh, scaling is the big thing with this. Well, wait, wait, much- wait, 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 hold on, hold on. I challenge you. I, I don't mm-hmm. think Reigns was the clear top guy for this whole the whole time for the past decade. I think Brock Lesnar was the top guy. I think I Brock- half. You're talking for what are you talking about from like 2018 to like 2023? Since he came back from leukemia to now, so that's five years. So that was. Uh, four years. He came back in 2019, wasn't it? 2019. Yeah, Brock's been a big star. He's been around. Cena hasn't been around. No, no, I, I just, I, I misheard you. I thought you were talking about like 15, 16. I was just gonna say Brock was the top. Oh, that's quite debatable. That is quite. <laughs> if I made that point, yeah. I, 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 WWE have wanted him to be the top star for a decade, and it failed miserably <laughs> for half of it. So, um, yeah, it is what it is. But yeah, it's just Kevin Hulkamaj. It's how you scale it, and I think Reigns. Once he's rode off in the sunset, he wrestles once or twice a year, which will probably as of next year or the year after. I think his case is going to get more, more and more weight with how great this Tribal Chief run has been. That's going to get elevated up in the annals of you know, how we look back on wrestling. But for you, obviously right now, you look at that Eddie run, that, that's set in stone. That's like, It's been set for 15, 20 years now. So we look back and go, wow, that was, just, that was phenomenal. Eddie is X place all time. He's great. Like, that's how I view it, please. Right. And, and let me just go over more of Eddie's resume, too. Yep. Uh, and, and, you know, th- and you know I'm not being biased, because if I was being biased, I would have put Eddie in the, the will-not-pass list. You know, like, I have Eddie. Like, Roman could definitely pass Eddie, you know. I, I, I would say Edge, Kurt Angle, and Chris Jericho are probably the three guys that Roman most likely won't pass from my second tier. But I think everybody else is up for debate. Like like Orton, Sting, Eddie, 
Foley, Mysterio. Like, Roman's probably going to pass those guys. What about Reigns and Batista? That's an interesting one, which we'll get to. We'll get to, pal. So, yeah, uh, yeah. Again, we got to move on to the tier three. So I'll just say this real quick. Yep. Eddie, on top of all the things I said about WCW and on top of his 0405 run, had one of the most iconic debuts in WWE history with the Radicals. But they were in the crowd and you know, from the Attitude Era, like that's just it was iconic. People will talk about that. That's a moment that'll live on. The partnership with China, all the comedy segments, all the Latino heat segments, all the entertainment segments. Eddie proved that he was more than just a good wrestler, more than a high flyer. The iconic matches with Edge on SmackDown at SummerSlam, the iconic matches with RVD. Eddie did a lot in his career, man. It's going to be tough. It's really going to be hard for Roman to pass him. And, and, that, and that's like, I'm not trying to be biased, you know? That's just, oh, no, I, it's going to be hard. I get it. It's a, it, th- this is a real, like, Eddie and Reigns is a really hard comparison because they're different in, like, everything, <laughs> just about. So it's, it's a really hard one to compare. I think the best comparison for Roman Reigns uh, his, I guess, contemporaries, like really kind of modern day WWE main event guys. So I look at Randy Orton and Batista. Now, we, we did the Randy Orton discussion a moment ago. Batista's one I want to discuss, but first we'll get your tier three. Absolutely. Yeah, and I'll say this just to, to put a bow on everything. Yeah, I, I personally, I don't think, like, I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, you're crazy for taking Roman over Eddie all the time. You know, I don't think that's wild. I, I do think Twitter will, would freak out on you. I think, like, I think if you tweeted that right now, Eddie Guerrero would probably be trending. And people would be like, oh my god, stop. Why are you bringing Eddie into this? Like, why are you doing this? Eddie's way better than Roman. Eddie, Eddie's, Eddie's gate kept on Twitter like few wrestlers. So that, that, that would be a, a dumb one. But I yeah, I don't know. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Especially on Twitter, that would cause an uproar. I understand. Yeah. Um, but I, I, it's, I it's, think it's, it is a good conversation. I, I think it's good. I think Eddie and Reigns, I think that's fair. Like, if you're going to say Reigns is right there with Eddie or even better than him, I think it's fair. Yeah, I think saying that one is just so much better, just and there's no comparison, it's a stupid take, because there definitely is comparison. Once again, Eddie clears in yeah match quality, match catalog, charisma, um, quality of main event run. I mean, I'd give that to Reigns. This, but it, it depends. As main event run, I mean this current one. I don't mean the one where he was booed out of the building for three years. I don't mean that. <laughs> yeah. Um, just generally, like, ability to beat the top guy of the company, Reigns, merchandise is... I mean, it's apples and oranges. What, what do you prefer? They both have cool merch. Like, it, there's a lot of good about both of them. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's yeah debatable. But yeah, anyway, carry on, Kevin. Carry on. Yeah, and I think Eddie, like, and like I said before, a lot of his projections with Eddie. I think if Eddie had lived, Eddie would be no doubt. Like, if Eddie wrestled till let's just say like 2013, and he retired in 2013, Eddie would tier be one. tier one, and it wouldn't even be a discussion. You know? Yeah. Um. Yeah. All right. So enough of that. Tier three. So this is my my um, Roman Reigns probably has passed them list. Yeah. And, and this is my core. This is like the top tier of this list. And that's CM Punk, AJ Styles, Jeff Hardy, Batista, and Goldberg. And then like just outside of like the, the top of that tier I have, or the top of the, the top list of the tier I have, Kane, Bruno San Martino, Daniel Bryan, Razor Ramon, Kevin Nash, Booker T, Chris Benoit, Seth Rollins, and RVD. That's okay. fourteen total. Right. And and so I have I have CM Punk, AJ Styles, Batista, and Jeff Hardy, and Goldberg at a different level. 
in, in the same tier. Punk for the pipe bomb, the Money in the Bank 2011 stuff, the, the promo battle with The Rock. Not many people can say they got the better of The Rock. I have AJ Styles uh, this high mainly because he had a great career outside of WWE, and then he lived up to the hype when he went to WWE and quickly became a top guy, had one of the greatest rookie years in the history of WWE. It's now been a mainstay in the, in the WWE umbrella for seven plus years. And then I had Batista on a different scale because of what Batista did. Main eventing WrestleMania 21, becoming like the face of the company. The iconic Royal Rumble moment in 2005. Just every, really everything about Batista. Like I, I think Batista Batista's another one where a lot of people will say, oh, that's too high. Or some people will say that's too low. But I, I think he's right there at tier three. Just he didn't have the longevity of like a Randy Orton or Chris Jericho or somebody like that. And then Jeff Hardy, I have him on that list. One for his contribution to tag team wrestling. He was like the biggest tag team at the boom of the boom era of tag team wrestling, the golden era of tag team wrestling, if you will. It was he was at the very top of it. And then he's one of a few, maybe the only brother tag team. Where actually he actually became something when the tag team split up, and he became he had you know great iconic moments. He was a great big star that people will recognize. Iconic merch. He's a guy that is like Ray, like inspirational. A lot of people will tell you Jeff Hardy's their favorite wrestler. A lot of current yeah. WWE wrestlers will say Jeff Hardy was their favorite growing up, or one of their favorites. Like it's just, I think those guys are on a different level than the other ones. And then Goldberg. Yeah. You know Goldberg was the face of WCW. During the Attitude mm-hmm. Era. Yeah. No, I agree. I think Batista is an interesting one because you look at his career, it was so eight years, really. I mean, 02 to 2010. And then, I mean, there was the 2014 couple months, which was something. <laughs> um, but you look at that, he was in Evolution, which was the most, the biggest stable in the company. Granted, he wasn't the the, the, the face of it, but he was... In that stable, which was massive for his career and just generally for everyone involved. And then he had that epic storyline to turn face. Then he won the world title, this big moment at WrestleMania 21. And then he has this really good run for about five years, where for the most of it, he's the world heavyweight champion or he's in this really good, interesting main event stuff on SmackDown, the Ruth Discretion era, and he's like the main guy. So I think there's a legit case there. Potentially for Batista over Reigns, if you want to make that, I'd listen to it 100%. Because, um, yeah, Batista had a damn good career. It's just long, longevity. I mean, but it was still eight eight years plus like a six-month run in 2014. Like, that's not something to scoff at. Like, yeah. No, oh, of course. Yeah, they're, they're interesting. A lot of it, too, is just physically. They're similar builds. Mm. Both big body guys. Pretty limited in the ring. I, I think Reigns now... Like, post-2020 to 2023, I think Reigns has separated himself from an in-ring standpoint. But if you look at, like, 2012 to 2019 Reigns, like, that's basically Batista. They had the same style of match. Both used a spear. Both were limited. Both needed a a good work rate guy to have a good match. Yeah. But Reigns has separated himself now from that standpoint. And that's, I would say that's, that's probably why Reigns has passed Batista. Just based on the in-ring work and the storytelling that we've seen. Batista was never really a part of a captivating storyline that I can remember. 
Yeah, the storyline with Triple H was good leading into WrestleMania 21 and post WrestleMania 21. It was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a part of an, an iconic faction, which is another thing where they're similar. Both a part of iconic factions and the come up, the yeah. the infancy of their career. That that's also there. Both guys have been mainstays wherever, like when they were around and when they are around full time. Both guys are mainstays. I think it is a good debate. I, I think it's it's an intriguing one. Well, Kevin, I feel like we're, what we're debating right now and it's just kind of these guys between about 15 and like early 20, I think. Yeah. Um, because I think that's where Reigns falls in the in the pecking order when you look at it all. Uh, he's not top 10. We need to once again make that nice and clear. And there are guys between about 10 and 15. You mentioned them with Edge, like a Bret Hart, guys like that. Bret Angle, like Jericho. Jericho, Randy Savage, like they're, they're to me like, you know, they're top of the top tier two guys who I don't feel like, yeah, Reigns, Reigns just isn't there yet with those guys. But when it comes to guys like, yeah, Batista, Randy Orton, Eddie Guerrero, that's where I feel it's it's fair. You can make, you can have a legitimately really good back and forth with someone over Reigns versus any of them. They both have a case of being better than the other when you look at Reigns amidst those sort of guys. And I think... Yeah, I mean, so Kevin, I know with me, um, for tier three, I was very similar with who I've put in there. Um, I put, yeah, CM Punk. I put Daniel Bryan in there, Benoit, Razor Ramon. I got Big Show in there, Owen Hart, that sort of thing. That's RVD. Um, so very, pretty similar to you on the whole. Um, and yeah, and then tier two, it's much the same for me. Uh, we've established that there's a, a portion of tier two, your Edge, your Bret Hart. You guys like that who are just sort of, you know, 10 to 15 type thing. Randy Savage, I put Andre there, um, that type of placement. And then you've got guys who are about 15 through early 20s. So for me, I've put, yeah, Roman Reigns there, Randy Orton, Batista, Eddie. That, that to me is where I rank it. Um, that's just me. If you feel outraged by that and you think, I know nothing about wrestling, feel free, comment that. Uh, let us know. Um, what, what do you think? Where does Reigns sit? Uh, have an engagement down below because I think, Kevin, this is one of the most but, well, fascinating. But before we get out of here, pal, it sounds like you're teeing up an outro. I, I no, think no. we would be we would be doing our great listeners a disservice if we didn't have what I think is the juiciest debate out of all of them. Mm-hmm. I, I think the Roman Reigns and CM Punk debate is is by far the juiciest one out of all of them. Oh, yeah. It's it's a it's a situation where Punk is right in that same range, like mid, you know, early twenties, yeah, late late teens. Some people will have him lower, some people will have him higher. So he'll round out. We'll say Punk will round out in the top twenty one to twenty five, and I would say that's where right around where Reigns is in that twenty one to like twenty eight range is where these two guys fall. Very both guys are very similar. 21 to 28, you said? Yeah, I would say that's right around where Reigns and Punk will, will fit in. Okay. I, I would say, like, I, I think... But I, I, I would lean Reigns being higher than Punk, but just for the argument's sake, because you got to leave room for Jeff Hardy and, you know, AJ Styles, Batista, guys like that, Goldberg, you know. So... Both guys are very similar, Punk and, and Reigns. Punk, Punk's main event run, where it was really good, was... 2011 to 14. Kind of where Reigns is now. 
about a three year, more or less, give or take three year main event run. Top guy, most intriguing part of the show. I know the top guy. Best segments. Mm. Uh, he was never Punk was never the, he was the top guy for a month around Money in the Bank 2011. He was portrayed that way. Every other time, it was just him bitching and moaning because it was Cena. Or that, that's where <laughs> I debate. Like, Punk knew his. He, he reluctantly fell in line and bitched and moaned about it on screen. Right with the place. Right. So. Okay. So Reigns. Yeah, but then you had, you know, we could get, we can nitpick here. Like, Reigns had his thunder taken. He was supposed to have this one-on-one WrestleMania match, and then they put Daniel Bryan in there because they didn't think mm-hmm. Reigns and Edge would, would sell enough, you know? So so we can nitpick, you know, we can nitpick at that. But I, I would say it's eerily similar for conversation's sake. Yeah. Punk, yeah. Punk and Reigns, main event run. Both guys, like, Punk strength, mic work, Roman Reigns strength, storytelling. And then they're kind of weaker in just about every aspect of yeah. of the game. But they're both so damn good at the thing that they're great at, you know? Merchandise, oh, yeah. similar. Both guys, iconic merchandise, great merchandise, quality of merch. You can wear a CM Punk shirt out in public and be like, wow, that's a cool shirt. Like, like the iconic one of him holding the arrows with the, or the fist with the arrows. Yeah. Something like that. You know, you can look like you wouldn't look, you won't be like it's not like you're wearing a John Cena like purple t shirt, you know, where you look like a freaking weirdo. You know what I mean? And then they're both like in ring punk probably what I mean what what do you think? What do you think about this? I've talked a lot. I'm rambling. What what do you think about the punk reigns debate? I understand the debate. I, I do. Um I think Mike work, punk is clear, match catalog clear. I think Reigns storytelling, he's just exceptional. And I think what separates it for me, why I put Reigns above is ability to be the top guy. And like Reigns has done that in this, particularly this recent run. And that's something the punk, he probably felt he could do it in 2011, 2012. He had some, some good main event stuff in there, but really... Yeah, there was the Money in the Bank 2011 thing, which you could make the case, and I, I agree with this, better than anything Reigns has been involved in. I think that that's very fair. But beyond that, I look at CM Punk's 2012. He was an upper mid-card WWE champion. Cena was the top storyline. It was either Cena Brock, Cena Rock, whatever Cena's involved in, and Punk was kind of there. 2013, Punk had th- a couple of really good matches with part-timers. But elsewhere, he was off TV, and then he left. And Punk, in what should have been his prime, was away for six, seven years. He was doing shoot interviews that he was saying wasn't a shoot about WWE. He was writing. That was what should have been Punk's prime. If Punk wrestled during that period and was involved in a big-time main event story as like a main guy, I'd have probably Punk above Reigns. If Punk didn't quit, from 2014 through like 2018, he could be the very top of I believe. But because he quit and we didn't really get to see him truly be a top one, top two guy and have a really, really good... To me, he's just... He's below Roman. He, he couldn't do what Roman's doing right now. He showed he couldn't. So to me, Reigns is just above him, just right, based now, on that. Now hear me out. Before you dismiss me, hear me out, because this mm-hmm. is where it gets juicy. Juicy, juicy, Val. You say Punk 
he couldn't be a top guy, but he yeah. he could be a top guy, and he was a top guy in AEW. Now, granted, it was the run was short. It, mm-hmm. it was riddled with controversy. He got punched <laughs> in the face by his bosses, separated his shoulder, protecting his best friend's wife and his dog from the crazy EVPs. <laughs> say, say what you will about Punk's run, but from that one year, from 2021 to 2022, Punk came in, was the certified top guy in the company. It's probably the reason why Cody walked out. Essentially, was the replacement for Cody and did it better than Cody, quite frankly. Was a top guy, top babyface, better than Cody was in AEW. I think we could all agree on that. Yep. He did numbers for AEW that they may never do. If Punk doesn't come back to AEW, his numbers that he did for pay-per-view buys and ratings and YouTube views and social media engagement, they may never get to that point that they were at in 2021 and 2022. Punk came in instantly. He comes in all out 2021. Highest grossing pay-per-view AEW has ever done. Draws crazy YouTube social media engagements on his debut. Has great promos, great segments with MJF, Eddie Kingston, Moxley, Hangman Page. So, prior to the AEW run, I don't think there's really much of a discussion here. Yeah. With Roman and Punk. I, I, I don't think so. I, I think Punk would be lower tier of tier 3. But I put him at that upper echelon of tier 3 because of what he did with AEW. Because he proved WWE wrong. Yeah, he did it. I'm not saying he drew 1.5, 2 million ratings for AEW. Like, hmm. it's not realistic to expect that. Okay. You know? But when you look at merchandise, pay-per-view buys, he did set records for that company that may not be broken. And you can't deny that. In this day and age, for a guy to come in and, and draw 100,000 buy rates for a company that's not WWE, that's pretty damn impressive. I don't know what the number was for All Out 2022. I'll look it up in a, in a moment. But I, I'm assuming off the top of my head, it was like somewhere in the 150,000 range. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Like, that's pretty right. good for a non-WWE pay-per-view. Like, how, how many buys, just for conversation's sake, how many buys would, would you think Hell in a Cell 2020 would do? If WWE was, went, was strictly pay-per-view buy rate with, with Roman and Jey Uso as a headliner. Probably around the same amount, right? Maybe 100,000 buys? <sighs> I don't know. I mean, it's just for the sake of conversation, you know. I'm just... Oh, it really... Because, I mean, WWE were off the pay-per-views for seven years before then. Um, like, like we're, we, can't, we can't compare, like, WrestleMania. Because we know WrestleMania, if it was buy rate, that would do a million. You know? Yeah. Or 800,000. Like, it's not realistic to compare all out. WrestleMania, but you compare it to like a Hell in a Cell or like a Royal Rumble. It's pretty damn good. Mm. Yeah, that's the whole thing because AW do the four pay per view and then WWE do like 12 a year and they're not into the. I don't know. It's a hard. I I, I do. I get what you're saying. Um, Yeah, Punk and I, I feel like Punk's greatest achievement really is that a whole company was started because of his. I consider AEW, that whole company spawned off the back of the pipe bomb. In my honest opinion, like what Punk, the message he put out in 2011, basically that, you know, indie guy, it was basically, it was, we're sick of Cena, we're sick of the status quo in WWE, push deserving talent, quote unquote deserving, aka guys who can wrestle. That's, that's basically the, what spawned AEW, that sentiment is what inspired the elite, what inspired a bunch of the guys in AEW. They all wanted to be CM Punk. They all wanted to be like that. 
be the, the, the great wrestler who deserves it and grandmost AW guys can't cut promos. They won't like Punk in that way. But yeah, nah, I I hear the debate. I do. I, once again, with these guys around the, the same kind of echelon, there's a valid case for all of them. N- like none of them until you, unless you take like Reigns and compare him to like Undertaker, then there's like a big, like not really a debate. But if you look at Reigns and these guys, like Reigns and Punk, there's merit on both sides. Uh, there really is, uh, 100%. Absolutely. So now here for context, All Out 2021 did 205,000 pay-per-view buys. That's I'm sorry, that's crazy for a non-WWE company. That's a lot. That's a lot of pay-per-view buys. Yeah. And, and let's just say, hypothetical, figure, let's just say in a world where wrestling was like UFC or like boxing, where the promoters, where their goal was to put the best fight on the card. Let's say Tony Khan and Vince McMahon worked out a deal where they could do AJ Styles and not AJ Styles, where they could do CM Punk and Roman Reigns on pay per view. That'd do big money, don't you think? They'd probably do like five hundred thousand buys. Hundred percent of would, yeah, yeah, definitely. It, it, it would be yeah a modern day take on Punk and Cena from a decade ago, but it would be even more. You know, they just they just especially Punk. Punk's vindictive and holds grudges like no one in the business that we've seen them on nearer so it would be something it would that would do numbers that would do numbers i would pay a good amount to watch that just that show but that match especially i'd be my investment would be like an 11 out of 10 i'd be thinking i'd buy 100 percent for that yeah for context money in the bank 2011 did 195,000 buys yeah, just for context. I know that's like, you know, AEW runs four shows and WWE was doing 12 at that time. But still, nevertheless. I, I think... Probably, huh? Sorry, one, one quick point before you make that. I would say it's sort of surprising, but I did do a whole video about the truth about the summer of Punk and how even though Punk was objectively doing the best content in wrestling that we'd seen in years with the, the pipe bomb and the stuff that followed it, the numbers were literally down several hundred thousand viewers in June, July, August with that stuff versus from May when it was literally R-Truth and The Miz against John Cena was the main event. The, the numbers were better with R-Truth versus Cena considerably than they were with Punk and Cena from just a purely rating standpoint. So, yeah, the, that Money in the Bank number doesn't feel reflective of how good it was, but that was kind of – that's just what happened at that time. It just the, the, the numbers weren't there at the time, but I think with – with the amount of years Punk took off, the amount of hype and buzz that All Out show was through the roof. I remember that. I wanted to see what Punk wrestling looked like because it was we hadn't seen it in seven and a half years. So, and yeah. that was just Punk versus Darby Allen that drew whatever it was two hundred five thousand buyers, or you know that's and that's people buying strictly to see CM Punk's return. If you factor in like the eighty thousand people that are probably going to buy the show anyway, you know, so over half the people are buying the show just to watch Punk. Crazy. I mean, I bought yeah. that show. I, I did. I was like so intrigued. I had to see what Punk was going to look like after all these yeah. years off. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's where the uh, the debate gets juicy. Do you want to have a, a quick five minutes on Reigns and Goldberg? Because I think that was interesting too. Yeah, um, because well, Goldberg's career is a, so it, it's the streak where he just didn't lose, um, and then there was a bunch of stuff where then, then he once he lost he came. In my book, in 1999, 2000, 
and then he was he was away, and then he came in. He was he was there for like a year. Like Goldberg's a hard one because he, his popularity in a boom period is his biggest point. I feel like I think that's fair, Kevin. Yeah. Um, but uh, match catalog is crap for Goldberg. There, there is no match catalog. It's you know his best match was. What was Goldberg's best match, in your opinion? Probably versus Brock at WrestleMania 33. Yep, yep, that, that facts. But yeah, Goldberg has some absolute duds, like real genuine duds. The, the the length of his run, where he was like, the streak was good. That was, what, a year? He was on the streak in WCW, and then from there, what, what else is there to the guy? Like, Yeah, I mean, it's with him, it's... It's the iconic spear. I mean, his spear, I think, is the best spear of all time. Because I mean, a legit spear. It's a legit spear that would wound, like, like wind you. Like, that was a legitimate spear. Yeah, he's literally <laughs> killing people <laughs> with that spear. I, I think, um, and again, just being the face of WCW in the, during the Attitude Era, which you already mentioned, just reiterate that. I think that's a big deal. That counts for something, you know? Yeah. Um, that scales well. That scales well. It's, I, I view this, it's the same as, like, like school where if you do like the suit like this incredibly hard maths it's like big brain mathematics and you only get like a c that scales the same as like nowadays you know you're doing like an easy math and you get like an a plus it scales like the same sort of thing you know exactly what's what's exceptional exceptional now you know, it doesn't it doesn't scale that great compared to the stuff of days gone by. But I feel like with once again with rains, give it a give it a bit of time, it'll scale a bit better with a bit of you know nostalgia and retrospect. But yeah, it makes for fun debates like we've had today. So yeah. So where we land to recap it all is Roman Reigns is firmly cemented in the top twenty five all time. Yes. And he has potential to move up to maybe like top twelve, top thirteen, top fourteen. Yeah. Uh, he and. You know, barring, uh, you know, almost impossible circumstances, he could get up there into the top 10. I think Reigns is only path for the top 10 now. If we're looking for this now. If the WrestleMania match versus Cody is like a genuine classic and it's just like we look back on great main events in the modern era, that that's a tick. Then if he has... I mean, the match against The Rock is the one people keep talking about. Like, he wrestles The Rock. It's like an epic storyline. It's like it's a classic match somehow. That'd be a big tick. And then, you know, if he has one or two more, like, like four and a half, five-star matches at WrestleMania. Because to me, at this point, Reigns' legacy is going to be decided by his WrestleMania performances from here on out. We've seen the Tribal Chief stuff. That's great. We've seen this run with this character, with this storytelling. It's great. But the match catalog needs to be better. That's as a rain stand, basically. That's that's my input. That we need more of a catalog. I can't be defending Reigns and saying he's like better than X, Y, and Z wrestlers. And the only matches I I, can, I have to reference are him versus Jay Uso in the Thunderdome, or him at a triple threat match that you weren't even that interested in when you were watching it, right? Like there needs to be more like genuinely great matches. That's 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 the main thing. Oh, I agree. I one hundred percent agree. The only thing I will add is that I think another thing too, I think he would have to up his stock outside of the ring. Yeah, I, I think he would have to get on that like Cena, Austin, Undertaker level of fame. And without without that level of fame, what about the taste level of fame sort of thing? 
Uh, well, I think Batista's fame is different. I, I think it's different. Like, Batista... Batista's famous, yeah. You know? But is Batista more famous than a Shawn Michaels? Debatable, you know? Is he more famous than a Macho Man? I don't know. Like, Kevin, this is... This is this is the star of Guardians of the Galaxy, like one of them. Yeah, I know, but a lot of like, people will look at him and they're like, oh, that's Drax from Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, they may not know that he was a wrestler, you know? That's, that's fair. Like, 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 people see Shawn Michaels and they're like, oh, yeah, that's a wrestler. Yeah. Yeah, Shawn Michaels isn't doing movies, but it, I, it's just like Shawn Michaels probably has more notoriety. Yeah, they, they see Shawn and go, oh, that's the guy who's way better than Brad Hart. I love that. Well, all right, pal. I guess it's time to get out of here. This has been great. I, I enjoyed this topic. It's a good analytical discussion. So, yeah, and just so you clarified, so we, we think Reigns top 25 all time. Uh, I've got him really, like, debatably, probably the highest you can put him at the moment, 15. Um, and then realistically, the lowest you can put him around probably 25 to 30 if you're, you know, being a bit – if you put a lot of stock into that, how bad that – 2018 you can probably put him lower but i think more objectively speaking it's top 25 or maybe 20 or somewhere around there debatably yeah i would say this so out of my tier you know out of my tier list you got austin like no particular order you got austin cena rock blair bret hart hbk hogan lesnar taker triple h macho man andre the giant those are the guys that i think are untouchable right now and then i would then you have like edge orton angle Jericho, Eddie, and then I think Roman, you could put him, like, right there, like, right behind, like, Eddie, like, in front of guys like Foley, Piper, Dusty Rose, Warrior, you know, Jeff Hardy, Punk. So yeah. that's what, like, 16, 17? Yeah. But, but, you, but, like, there's a lot of people that would hear that and be like, oh, my God, Roddy Piper is a million times better than Brains, or Warrior is better than him, or Sting is better than him, so... It's a good discussion. It really is. So yeah, there you go. Leave your leave your hate. Uh, tell us why we're wrong if you want to explain. Um, if you think Reigns isn't top fifty all time, please leave a paragraph or two to explain. I'd love to see that. If you think Reigns is top ten all time, I'd love to see that as well. Why? Why do you think that? And uh, yeah, Kevin, it's been a good discussion. Um, hopefully, we do more of these going forward. Um, there should be some more. Just not to spoil anything, but there should be a few more, I guess, debates on this stuff. That's with some juicy content. Yep, I know you guys have been asking. I've seen a few people ask for another Cena Reigns debate already. It's we only uploaded the other one a little bit ago, so people want more Cena Reigns. Even though we quite unquote ended the debate clearly, Kevin, it wasn't as undisputed as you <laughs> thought it was. Oh, cop that clown! Oh my god! Yeah, just to, for Put clarification. And just for clarification, I had Reigns 18 in that list that I just gave. There you go, pal. Easy. All good. Until next time, peace. Peace.